Brett, you've got some experience with, uh, with explosives. What's some good technical controls that we can use for next year? Yeah, so you know, when I look or listen to Leonard's story, I, I kind of hear a couple things. And I look at, okay, we've got some low altitude, um, you know, fireworks that are going off too early uh, or too late potentially, right? So then I question, you know, what's Leonard's supply chain? And are there risks associated with that supply chain? You know, where is he getting those fireworks from? Is it truly a reputable source or have they been uh, tampered with to, to, to make them uh, potentially less safe? Um, so there's China. that aspect of it. And that's they come from China. Welcome to uh, another Direct Connect. We got the whole gang here. We got Brian Carr, Brent Castaneto, Leonard Chamberlain, myself, Nick Weber. How y'all doing? Very good. Fantastic. Let's do a quick finger check after the 4th of July or Canada Day for those up north. Uh, All 10. Kind of suspiciously slow there, Leonard. Where's, where's the other hand? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was like, I don't. That was my uh, John Cena for the day. So for those on the audio side, everybody still has all their digits, uh, survived all the, or at least all the ones they went into the weekend with. Uh, we'll start with that. Did have some good incidents. I know Leonard had an experience that I think most of us have had at, at some point with a fireworks mishap, we'll call it. I think the worst one I ever had was a few years ago. I had a, an old firework that I just threw in there anyway, a couple of years old, and it didn't get up as high as it should have before it exploded. And that was, we'll say spicy. But I don't know, Leonard, do you want to? Talk through the the harrowing experience at the Chamberlain household. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, and I would say that need to the check uh, and make sure there's a low altitude limitations. Yeah, low altitude explosions are not limited to um, older fireworks. That that happened with quite a few of ours that uh, didn't seem to to reach the proper altitude, and uh, it's like, wow, that should have gone a couple hundred feet higher, probably. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, definitely have some some lessons learned to to share from our Fourth uh, of July extravaganza here in Texas. We are we are lucky that uh, fireworks are not illegal, and uh, I've heard heard tale of some of the uh, the larger ones we enjoy. You know, can't buy those other places. So uh, for those of y'all that live there, I, I'm sorry to hear that. But uh, yeah, it was a pretty windy day, and. Um, you know, one thing I would certainly suggest is if the wind shifts on you and uh, you're in the, the fallout area for, the, you know, the wind blowing in your direction or, or fallout from, from shrapnel and whatnot exploding, uh, move, your, move your viewing area. And if the wind shifts again, move your viewing area again. A couple people uh, also didn't uh, understand uh, proper firework safety and, uh, you know, we have a, a cul-de-sac in our neighborhood where we were celebrating and some people were going out there and launching other fireworks or just hurling them out there while people were already out there lighting so it's kind of like going to a water park right you don't send the next kid down the slide until everybody's out of the way but well, how do you uh, do the snake then <laughs> <laughs> um the, the the most concerning uh incident was um near the tail end and and we had uh one, you know, smaller firework, but apparently it was a, you know, a mortar based one that was, uh, you know, big explosion and uh, looked like the wind tipped it over, you know, right after it was lit and launched, you know, straight into our um, viewing area. Luckily, no one was uh, seriously injured, just a, a few minor bruises and cuts. But, um, you know, again, you know, you, you take the precautions, but um, 
uh, still they probably should think, you know, further through, maybe there's a way to secure the fireworks so that, uh, tipping over is not possible. And they're always going to shoot, shoot up straight up instead of out into your, uh, viewing area. Uh, you know, 3d is fun, but not when it injures you. <laughs> well, like 40, um, isn't it? That's, so yeah, yeah, that's, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe akin to, you know, procedural controls that, uh, didn't didn't quite get the job done need some tactical controls to go to go with those fireworks some of your procedure controls sound like they might have been ignored there <laughs> yeah. i don't know brett you've got some experience with uh with explosives with some good technical controls that we can use for next year yeah so you know when i look or listen to leonard's story i i kind of hear a couple things and i look at okay we've got some low altitude um you know fireworks that are going off too early uh, or too late potentially, right? So then I question, you know, what's Leonard's supply chain and are there risks associated with that supply chain? You know, where is he getting those fireworks from? Is it truly a reputable source or have they been uh, tampered with to, to, to make them uh, potentially less safe? Um, so there's China. that aspect of it. And that's they come really from China. From China, oh, okay. I didn't know where they were typically made, but uh, yeah. I don't know. So, one of the other things that I've done, I, I, I love fireworks, I'm passionate about them, do a big show every 4th, 4th of July. Um, and one of the things I've learned from sad experience like Leonard is you've got to have a technical control in place to prevent that tipping, right? So you think about things like, can I block it with some cinder blocks or build some type of a, a, a unit that'll, that'll house it and secure it from, from tipping over, prevent it from tipping over so you don't cause some of those issues. Additionally, like you said, Leonard, I think having a you know designated individual who is responsible, like a SIP senior manager that's responsible for lighting the fireworks effectively, can lend um, you know some more can add to the the safety uh, and enjoyment for everybody else. Um, so there's a lot of parallels you can draw from you know a fireworks show to you know an audit engagement or any type of incident that that you've gone through potentially. What about you, Brian? What kind of uh, comparisons for the the author of the an audit's like an onion. What do you got from uh, cul-de-sac de fuego down there in Utah? Yeah, yeah, we had uh, <clears throat> we've had similar experiences shared. Um, you know, we too have you know cul-de-sac here that we we gather in, and um, yeah, there's been a few mishaps over the years. Um, you know, drawing some of those parallels as as Brent and Leonard have done. Um, I, I would say in the preparation side of things, uh, you know, before you even start um, making sure you have the right tools, you have the right people. Um, we always have, you know, several buckets of water available. Um, we bring in sandbags, you know, instead of like cinder blocks or whatever to, to block different fireworks. Um, but, uh, those preparations, I think Leonard, you, you hit on one that was, uh, changing conditions. Um, whether that's in the compliance world, whether it's during an audit, things change and you need to be ready to, you know, pivot or adjust. Uh, accordingly. I think a lot of folks get stuck. Um, you know, we have some people in our neighborhood that really want these, you know, this great seating spot on somebody's lawn and they get comfortable and really don't want to move and, oh, the wind will change again. We won't get, you know, showered on or whatever. Um, you have to be willing to adjust uh, to keep things safe, but the same in the compliance world. There's there's constant adjustment needed. Um, but yeah, I, I really focus on a lot of the preparation. Um, you know, what's leading up to it, what's, you know, looking at current conditions, looking at, uh, you know, how many people are out there looking at what it is we have to do. Um, again, drawing parallels to compliance, you know, whether it's 
prepping for an audit. Um, you know, whether it's something as, as simple as, uh, you know, prepping to install patches, you know, there's, there are activities that occur prior to actually lighting the fuse, so to speak, that you need to do and you need to consistently do. Um, one of our mishaps this year, and, and maybe I'll, I'll forward, forward the video and we'll get a little video snippet in here, because uh, <laughs> it was quite entertaining. Um, you know, we light off various fireworks, there's various mortars and, you know, cakes or whatever you want to call them. Um, and they all have, you know, pretty good sized fuse on them that burn at a certain rate. Uh, I happen to have a, I think it was a 5,000 roll of, of firecrackers or black cat firecrackers uh, that I'd had left over from last year. So I pulled that out. Well, in all of our, you know, exuberance and darkness, uh, you know, the fuse is very short on that and the fuse is very fast. Okay. You know, my, my son was lighting it and I was, you know, videoing because it was going to be great. Well, it turned out even better than I expected because a good chunk of the video is us running away because the thing literally just almost blew up in our faces because the, the fuse was so short. So talking about changing conditions or, you know, changing equipment, you know, different, uh, different things act differently, whether it's technology or whether it's firecrackers, I guess. So there's, there's a lot of lessons to be learned there as well. I have one comment and one question for Brian on this specific issue. <laughs> uh oh. My comment is just to be to be clear, those black cat firecrackers were lit off in Wyoming, as I understand it, correct? That, oh absolutely. Yeah. Our cul de sac actually is is annexed into Wyoming, so they're they're perfectly legal there. And my question is, thank you for that. And my question is, uh, was Aaron a, a SIP senior manager delegate uh, who was authorized to light the firework? Yeah, that's um, that's something we're going to have to address uh, going forward. I think that's one of our lessons learned. Um, I can't say that he was probably you know, an area of concern from my personally delegated uh, to to perform those actions. Um, nor was he provided I, you know, quarterly awareness training. <laughs> Is his uh, annual SIP training up to date? Yeah, I I don't know about all those things. I, I know his qualifications are definitely suspect. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, there's. There's, there's a lot to be desired there. So you have to go back to the trainer on that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. That's probably true. Those are great questions, Brent. One of my favorite memories from when I was younger was, uh, somebody showed up with bottle rockets and one of them went into a dry field next door. And oh, remember all my uncles and grandpa and a couple of my aunts and, uh, in a hams fueled, uh, response effort doing a bucket brigade with anything they could to hold water. And all of a sudden, every year after that, we had a pretty long garden hose ready to go after that. So the lesson learned there that became part of the incident response plan unofficially. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that actually a scary one to learn. Um, when I was a young, when I was really young, um, we're at some, some in-laws, uh, and it was afterwards where they had kind of piled up all the fireworks, right? All the carcasses, whatever you want to call it. And it, it caught fire. Like the pile, you know, they were still smoldering. Um, just a couple of years ago, we had a neighbor, even after me telling him a couple of times not to throw stuff in his trash can until the next morning, he had put a few things in there and it ended up catching something else on fire in the trash can. And um, so, yeah, we're pretty adamant about having the hose and just letting things sit, you know, on the curb until the next morning for those kind of things. So, yeah, important lessons learned there as well. Yeah, it seems strange, but how much of that we actually take forward 
not even thinking about it from our, our utility world, whether it's the safety side and thinking through things and having it at least in the back of our mind, an incident response plan, maybe not fully baked out one or where would the fun that be? But, uh, I don't know if you guys gone through any, actually gone through any, any safety briefings, any, even informally. I know I've done that with my kids as they're starting to get old enough to do some of their own. It's like, all right, don't hold it in your hand. I know they're going to do it, but I have to say it. Yeah. Don't lean lean your face over it. You know, some of those like while you're lighting it, you know? Yeah. Don't go check it too soon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, We've got a few of those. We have to remind the kids not run up on them right after they, uh, right after they're allegedly done, you know, shooting off. So definitely have some of those aspects where, but it's, you know, we, we as parents run a lifetime reminder service. So it's constantly, you know, Hey, don't do that. Hey, don't do that. And, you know, and I, I guess if it's a neighbor's kid, he can stop reminding him once, but <laughs> if it's your own wrong. way or the other. Yeah. <clears throat> I actually have, I actually have a t-shirt that says, if I run, you run. Just yeah. Make everybody aware. You know, if I'm running, we probably have an issue you and you're going to want to vacate the premises immediately. Yeah. There you Is go. that for audits or fireworks? Oh, okay. <laughs> you swear that to every incident response plan exercise. I mean, all, all of it. It should be Always the standard shirt. Always ready. All right. Any other thoughts on uh, how compliance is like a fireworks display? <laughs> Oh, is that our topic? <laughs> well, or, sec- or security, honestly. <laughs> End up with a lot of blinky lights on your dashboard. That's not a good day either, but yeah. it looks pretty. So this time of year, instead of the Christmas tree, it's the, the fireworks display? Yep, yep. I, I think I think uh, there's a little bit of this. I mean, you know, we always say there's no, there's no compliance emergencies, which is mostly true. But, you know, expecting the unexpected. You know, when we're when we're participating Fourth of July festivities, like we're pretty high alert. Like watching, you know, who's coming, whether it's a car coming down the street, you know, or whatever it is. You're trying to anticipate some of those issues ahead of time, and in compliance, you know, there's a bit of that as well. So I think I think there's a parallel to be drawn there as well as your situational awareness, what's going on around you, what's happening. Uh, We could tie all that in. I mean, we could go on and on, but um, expect the unexpected because. When it comes to fireworks, there's often, oftentimes some of that. Not firework related, but uh, parting thought from me, uh, regardless of what anyone tells you, do not cook all of your hamburgers to well done. No one is going to eat them. Even though I was told, oh, that's what everybody wants. No, everybody wants medium rare. Come on now. So you're, you're saying don't get all your patches from one source? <laughs> <laughs> I'm concerned that you that you heeded that advice, Leonard. That that seems uh, that seems unlike you. To I think they may revoke your uh, your Texan status I, now on that one. I didn't mention where the direction came from, and I'll leave it at that. Mm. Understood. But you, Brent, any more thoughts on how the the parallel between the two? No, I, I love the concept like Brian brought up of preparation. I think that's key so that we don't find ourselves in a, in a, you know, with an issue where we're running an incident response and then heaven forbid recovering, right? There's always the stories in every neighborhood every year about how someone dealt with one, you know, go, go, you know a rogue firework that, that got loose. Um, having that hose available, having the buckets of water, um, you know, making sure there's designated folks that are actually walking out into the street and then being aware of other shows that are going on around you. You know, not everybody's going to be as safe as you. So 
you got to be aware of, of your neighbors as well. So I think there's a lot of uh, parallels you can draw from, from a safety perspective that really resonate from, from a compliance and a, and a security perspective. So no, it's, it's a great time of year, great, uh, a fun time of year, but, you know, just, uh, advising folks from our, you know, uh, vast knowledge of experience and expertise on things going wrong to say, hey, these are some things you can look at and draw some parallels over to the compliance space. Relating it to change management and a couple of years ago where the weather was just crazy dry, it was uh, dry to popcorn fart out there. And we made the decision, no fireworks that year, we had a back out plan. We had a great New Year's Eve that year, but we looked at it and said, you know what, we're going down to the lake and we're going to watch the professional show where if they burn something down there, I'm not getting sued. Um, so we had that, we had all the fireworks ready to go. We had everything set up, but weather just didn't cooperate. So we pulled it back and, and waited until the snow flew because it was just a, a real dry summer. And didn't want to be involved in that. So kind of similar to change management. Sometimes it doesn't work the way it's supposed to, and you got to be able to back out. Hmm. I would say too, as we're talking about lessons learned, um, you know, don't, don't keep, keep them amongst this group, you know, share them with everyone that has a role and responsibility in your, Fourth of July, uh, you know, plan for next year. Uh, that way, everyone. What if they're really embarrassing, though? <laughs> <laughs> Those are good teaching opportunities, Nick. Is that when you say you have a friend? I have a yep. friend at a neighboring utility. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my uncle knows a guy. It's all about the delivery. All right. Well, well, thanks, guys. I'm glad we were able to uh, tie something topical and have a little bit of fun talking about our, our fireworks mishaps. Um, but relate it back to the compliance and security world. I think we can find those those lessons and parallels in just about everything we do. So it's been great catching up with you all and glad to see yep. that everyone survived. Yeah, the absolutely. Cul-de-sac de fuego stayed controlled. So. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> all right. Till next time. Take care. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Not only is Direct Connect available to listen to, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash at ArcherU. If you're interested in who we are and what we do, you can head on over to our website at archerint.com. You can also follow us on our social media platforms, Archer International on Facebook, Archer Energy Solutions LLC on LinkedIn, and at Archer SEC on Twitter. Thanks for listening and check back every other week for brand new episodes of Direct Connect.